everyone. This is episode 15 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your host, Mark Blankenship, joined by my co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello. And today we are going to be kicking it off with a song that was requested by not one, but two, two, two listeners. And Sarah is going to tell us a little bit more about that. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, I hope you all packed a lunch or at least some gorp and are wearing comfortable shoes because it's going to be um, kind of a long one. Just on the song tip, today we're talking about Guns N' Roses' November Rain. What? Um, which I owned on Kasingle. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, this may have been the least embarrassing of my Kasingles, and I think it was like the B-side of their cover of Knocking on Heaven's Door. I would have to look that up to confirm. Um, doesn't matter. Anyway, November Rain. Uh, yes. No, the, the one- B-side was actually Sweet Child of Mine, of all things. That's weird. Yeah. Was that even off the same album? No. They just like November Rain, B-side, Sweet Child of Mine. Because I know I had Knocking on Heaven's... You know what? No one cares about my single collection. <laughs> or do they? They don't. Um, so, yeah, this song, I feel like this was like... Guns N' Roses for like girls. I don't I don't know if that makes any sense, but like this was Guns N' Roses, especially the video for like people who usually would be like whatever. Like I wasn't a huge fan. And I didn't feel like I was a huge fan of the song, but there is something about the construction of this song. It's a very long rock song with a few different like movements within it. It belongs to the same class of song. Um I think that Stairway to Heaven sort of created this kind of song and the space in the culture for this kind of song. A shorter example might be uh, Lightning Crashes by Live. Yep, or Bohemian Uh, Rhapsody, maybe? Yes, uh, that there is like a, it's like a mini opera. There's a self-contained story. Uh, It's very, there's like an orchestra or a choir involved. It's very grand. Uh, certainly Axl Rose's wardrobe in this video during which he's getting married to then-girlfriend Stephanie Seymour and everyone is smoking all of the 120 cigarettes in Los Angeles except Slash. Oh, wait, no, he also is. But he's out in a churchyard playing guitar while the ceremony is still going on. It's kind of unclear. Let's listen to a snippet of the song, and then we can discuss uh, the many points of confusion that we have about both song and video. Well, do it slash. Um, 
Okay. I don't exactly know where to begin. This song is really cheesy. I mean, it's really cheesy. It's perfectly of its era. Um, and I don't, I may be misremembering this, but I feel like Guns N' Roses was like metal for metal heads that didn't have like metal anymore. Like this is what hair metal sort of became. I think there are numerous books about the LA music scene and sort of the evolution from Motley Crue to this and so on and so forth. And LA Guns and the coming of Axl Rose. Like I don't, I don't know the history, but the thing about like the thing about metal in addition to like the big hair, which Guns N' Roses also have, and that's sort of like big sound, which Guns N' Roses also have, is that um, they all had they all had the power ballad, and that's where the money was. That it's like you had all these songs about like you had girls, 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 or whatever. But for every one of those songs, you had to have like an Every Rose Has Its Thorn or a Beth, or if you've ever watched um, the behind the music about Sticks literally the entire story of this band is the war between Tommy, what's his name, who wanted to rock and Dennis DeYoung who wanted to make bank and Dennis DeYoung could write these big noisy stadium ballads and that's what could make them money. Not that they weren't good and respected on the other fronts, but that this was going to be like, this is how you get the girls to come to the shows and buy the t-shirts um once again I'm probably talking out of my ass here but this is sort of my memory of how music was evolving at that time that hair metal was like uncool but then Guns N' Roses was basically hair metal they just called it hard rock and I don't whatever it doesn't matter um what really sold this song I think to everyone was this video and (coughs) this also seemed like an era where um you had like a name supermodel in the video. That wedding gown is so trashy. The short shorts that she's wearing oh underneath, or, or it's like some sort of mi- micro mini skirt. But it's also there's also like a very tiny like crinoline hoop to make sure that it's like still mimicking the basic shape of a wedding dress. Yes. But like you can see her Barbie box under there, which is like fine. It's Stephanie Seymour. Like okay. I'll look at that. And then she has the garter on, but then there's a full train and a long veil. Yes. And then everyone's like, Oh, this is great. And they're getting married. And then she, you know, she's a model, not an actress. So she looks like she might be a little gassy in the car afterwards. And then they're all at the ceremony or the reception. Everybody's happy. And then rain comes no lightning, but everyone is acting like it is a biblical flood. Yes. And, Mark and I both are, uh, I feel, in my case, I am disturbed by the fact that this gentleman is leaping over a table and through the fucking cake instead of just walking around. Because it's not like it's raining fire from the sky. It's just rain. And this guy, he hurls himself through this massive wedding cake and now nobody gets to eat it. Yes. Nobody gets to taste it. It's just hilarious. And he's jumping through it in slow motion. Yeah. Which I just find amazing that they that they slow it down. Meanwhile, not Slash. Who's the other one? The little the little blonde one. Duff. Yes, Duff is like under 
the cake table yeah. <laughs> with a couple of bottle of bottles of booze and three girls and like I don't know s- some sunflower seeds. Like he's all set up. He gets it that he's like right. Well, there's a tablecloth and a table, and I'm just gonna chill under here. Here's my other question for you, Mark, about this video. What is your understanding of what killed Stephanie Seymour? Oh my God, such a great question. Uh, also, I would just like to point out that because sup- I did the research on this and I was way wrong. Supposedly, this is based on some short story that did it ever exist? Is it a real short story? It is not linked to in Wikipedia, so no, it's it does not, not exist. Seriously, it's it it's like <laughs> they needed to justify whatever coked out ramblings Axel Rose had as he created the plot for this. So they just said, "Oh, it's a short story by who's over here, Dell? Dell, it's by you." I don't know. I I did the Wiki- I read the Wikipedia page and so I learned that apparently she blew her own face off and there's a mirror on her face in the coffin. I had or- never noticed the no. mirror in the coffin before and that was like creepy and gave it an extra layer. I've seen this video maybe a hundred times and I'd never noticed that before no, either. Yeah, me neither. But I um I honestly never knew why she killed herself, but apparently or why she died, I should say, but mm-hmm. apparently she killed herself. So I guess that being married to Axel Rose sucks. And oops. Or she thought being married to Axel Rose would cure her lifetime of sort of chemical depression, oh. not realizing that if she could just wait a few more years, that major advances would be made in serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And if she could just hang on. Yeah, you're right. Maybe things would be different. Maybe but- she thought that marrying Axel would somehow cure her ills. And then we see them fighting, and we realized it was never meant to be. Also, I had forgotten that this video was part of a trilogy of videos with Don't Cry and Estranged. But now, of course, I remember Mm -hmm. that they were all the same. Like, she was in all of them, and they all had that same weird handwriting on the handwriting font at the beginning and end that were, like, credits. And I remember that the last one ended with dolphins swimming around and Axl Rose sitting next to a dolphin. It was crazy. But all of this just speaks to the fact that you're absolutely right that Guns N' Roses was and is a hair metal band. They were the most over-the-top possible band in, in the world at this time. And, you know, you think about the fact that Nirvana has been around for so long and is such a long internalized part of the pop music conversation that you forget about what it was that they were reacting against because you you put Nirvana next to this and you're like, Oh shit. Because, and the other thing that is so interesting, it's like all of those hair metal bands and guns and roses, especially they were writing big catchy tunes, right? I mean, Obviously, Girls, Girls, Girls is a fucking great song. Yeah. I love Motley Crue. Yeah. I'm not letting any of them in the house to use my bathroom. No, because they'd blow it up. Yeah, I know they would. Um, but and I they just... will be the first to tell you that. Let's give them credit. Vince Neil will be like, yeah, don't let me in here. I'm just going <laughs> to fuck it up. But, you know, and Sweet Child of Mine and honestly, November Rain. These are all big melodic songs with great hooks. And obviously, there's a great hook in, in Smells Like Teen Spirit. But I feel like that these sort of anthemic melodies and choruses like that's that guns and roses i feel like was in a way the last true successful rock band that was making music like this there's never rock music has never come back to this and hearing 
and seeing November Rain again made me realize, oh yeah, in a way, November Rain was like it. Like it was kind of like the last huge heavy metal hair band song in a way. And who is putting out double albums anymore? Like I mean, this hello. really was the end of an era just because there is no one who is going to pay for this kind of foolishness right. anymore. Like this was absolutely a way station going back to behind the music. This is absolutely a way station on that arc where this is like right, like right before the third act break. Right. Where, They've already peaked, but they don't know it. And there's like, they're shooting these videos that are like, they become legendary. And these songs are like certified golden five minutes, but like certain people aren't speaking to each other in the band and some Yoko element has already come in. And then there's something about like the lead singer's outfits that you can tell exactly. <laughs> like he's in some like weird Prince meets Sergeant Pepper shiny. Yeah thing and then he's dressed like a cossack at their wedding and she just looks like hooker bride but meanwhile he's also got a bandana on at all times Mm -hmm. and like i think at one point in one of these three videos he's because i watched them all he's wearing shorts and a long tailcoat like it's just yeah cargo shorts probably and then slash like gets up in the middle of the ceremony or not the middle they've kissed everyone's sitting down the only person recessing is Slash, who leaves in slow-mo, and it's a giant church, so it takes him forever to get out. By the time he gets outside, he has lost his shirt and is in New Mexico in the courtyard of some completely other church where he... Yeah, it's start, like a new church. Yeah. yeah, and is trying desperately to keep his hair over his face like where it usually is, um, despite the helicopter circling him repeatedly while he has the solo. Yeah. I mean, it's really a lot, but this absolutely was part of the life cycle of like a stadium hard rock band at this time that they would have been able to command this kind of video. Like the guy who directed it had been directing videos forever and continued directing videos forever. Um, He had a bunch of REM, I think, Mm. (coughs) on his list, this guy. (coughs) Uh, I'm choking on the cheese. Excuse me. Um. He also directed Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Yes. Wow, nice. Talk about really having a diversity and of here's, output. Here's a little trivia about this video. As of May 2016, I learned, it is the most viewed music video on YouTube not made in the 21st century. Which I saw that too. It's fascinating because even though this is in a way the last gasp of hair metal, clearly it connects to a lot of people still and why there there clearly is just a hair metal hole waiting to be filled right now because if something like if almost 600 million people have watched November Rain or whatever maybe 20 people and they've all just watched it 200 million times or whatever clearly there's like people I think we have now thanks to your Beyonce's and your Gaga's and you we've been ushered back into a moment where we are willing to accept rock grandeur and i think that if there were a guns and roses-esque band that were to come back right now and just be loud and big and have hairspray and i almost feel like that we would be into it and i think this is something that must be happening with hip-hop or is has the potential to happen in hip-hop and r&b because i feel like that is an arena where you can still drop a double album depending on what artist you are like I think that in terms of the sheer numbers that would permit 
like a trilogy of videos, particularly two of those songs are over eight minutes. Right. And the third one is six and a half. Like none of these were getting a ton of radio play and the radio edit of November Rain. It's like three minutes long. Yeah. And it doesn't work because you don't have that like that sort of guitar dirge at the end. And frankly, I'm not sure this even... I mean, I loved listening to the song, but I was always thinking about the video and, like, the color draining out of the roses at the end. And, right. like, oh, there's more rain, like, in Los Angeles. This is really d- sad. Pathetic fallacy. Good job with the visuals. But this is not something that music companies can pay for, much less would pay for. Like Unless the, you're Beyonce and yeah. you make an entire video album. Right. Yeah. And even that's a totally different concept. Like when, as of this, when this came out, this would have been like, I'm trying to think of an analog at that time. Maybe Madonna, like didn't Madonna have some kind of auxiliary thing with um, bedtime stories or like there was a mini, it was like a little mini movie. Oh yeah. Or anything that Michael Jackson did off the dangerous. Right. Album. All those yeah. videos were like 11 minutes long and, they were like Eddie Murphy was in all of them and they were oh, God, that's right. bloated and crazy. Yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, but that was Madonna mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson. And I think that, that there are not artists in rock or pop right now. I mean, depending on whether you classified hip hop as pop, which I guess. And do. by now I think you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, I mean, it's the, like if pop stands for popular, yeah, then it, it is. Really it has be been pop music for pop. decades. Yeah, um, that that's the only place where there's that kind of like, I think, guaranteed audience and money. Uh, but the world and the way we consume music and the fragmented way, like the who listening to this knows what a B side is. Right. Exactly. Although you know, and it makes me think, who's doing <clears throat> this ridiculous over the top stuff right now? Well, it's Beyonce and it's Kanye West with his fashion show that's just yeah. a bunch of people standing around. He, they, R&B and hip-hop uh, superstars have certainly taken the mantle of crowd-thrilling uh, excess away from rock. And, you know, it's, I'm also, I've never thought about this before, but another double album that came out after this was Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, uh, yeah, but same. But you think about... They're like, but they were that weird hybrid. But what they're like, genre would you call? But them? like Smashing Pumpkins. I'm now. I'm thinking they would have been more like Guns and Roses. I think had grunge not taken over. Like yeah. Smashing Pumpkins and the and Stone Temple Pilots. I think are two bands that sort of bridged us between because Stone Temple Pilots also was very glam sometimes, but yes. sometimes they were also really grungy. And it's like. I feel like had the world gone slightly differently, both of those bands would have been making their November rains later, but instead they just all went crazy right. and whatever as they all do. But yeah, it's so interesting <laughs> to think about because I also want to say, uh, I also had the single of November rain and I used to at least twice. I timed a shower so that it lasted exactly as long as this song. <laughs> and I gave myself the rule that if my, no matter where I was in my shower when the song ended, I had to stop the shower. Oh, God. And so I hurried up because I didn't want to be stuck with shampoo in yeah. my hair. But I remember doing that at least twice because I'm really good at creating weird rules for myself and then following them. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, um, oh, first, 
The video director's name was Andy Morahan. Yes. So that's... And um, he also directed Mariah Carey's first video for Vision of Love. Like, what? Is that the one where she's squeaking like a dolphin, or is there more? Oh, that's all of them. But yes, that is one of them. Uh, This guy directed... He had no rhyme or reason. He basically looks like he was going to go ahead and direct anything that he could get his hands on. And I don't, I'm not mad at it. I'm no, not, I'm not mad either. At it. Good for him. I used to like to watch Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is a weekly podcast created and hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. If you'd like to request a song for discussion or share the mixtape of your soul, we are all about it. Send us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or visit our brand spanking new Facebook page. That's mastes.podcast, or just search Facebook for Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Today's theme music was written and performed by David Gregory Byrne. And if you'd like to buy an ad, we welcome you. Advertise your business, send a personal message, or just hum a few bars. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com to get started with your advertising journey. Until next week, this is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this... And this was Mark and Sarah... Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Well, if it's too professional, people feel alienated. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.